Hey everyone, my name is Randall Heyer and I'm the worship arts pastor here at Cochrane Alliance Church. We are so glad that you've come to check out the latest sermon and we pray that you are encouraged, challenged, and ultimately that you are drawn closer to Jesus. Enjoy. Today we start a new sermon series called Love Justice. Have you ever been hired to do a job and you get the job and you kind of have some general idea of what you're, you're supposed to do, but you really don't know what exactly day-to-day you're doing. Has anyone had this experience before? Yeah. For me, if I am asked to do a job or if I get hired to do a job, I want to know what's expected of me. I want to know what I have to do. Yeah, there might be some uh, flexibility day-to-day, Uh, which is understandable in any job, but I want to have clear expectations of what I'm to do. I don't want my boss to sit me down one day and say, you know, Randall, look, um, you haven't been fulfilling all the things that we've been asking you to do, and uh, this is warning number one. Next time, it's you're out of here. That would be horrible for me. For me, if I don't have clear expectations, I kind of get a little anxious and I, I want to understand what uh, is, is required of me. And oddly enough, Christians or, or uh, peop, God's people have been asking since the beginning of time, God, what do you require of me? How can we please you? How can we make you happy? Uh, we often... Uh, often we'll get sidetracked with what is the will of God for my life? What does God want me to do in life? What does he require of me? And as followers of Jesus, we have a a mandate from the Lord. And it's exceptionally clear in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end, and this call is so clear that if we dismiss it, We are actually walking in disobedience. Listen to a few scriptures about this call that couldn't be more clear. James 1.27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Isaiah 58, 6-7, Is not this the fast that I chose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Proverbs 11.1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Isaiah 1.17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Amos 5.15, hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. Psalm 106 verse 3, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. And finally, listen to the words found in Micah 6, 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God? 
on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? With, um, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? So these people are coming before the Lord. What is required of me? What pleases the Lord? And this is the Lord's response. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness or or to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God has made it abundantly clear over and over and over and over again in Scripture what He desires of His people. What are His expectations? They are clear expectations. We don't have to be guessing or wondering, what is the will of God for my life? Now, there's obviously specific wills for our lives, but what is the general will of God for our life? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Jesus echoes these words uh, found in Micah, and, and he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees. And he says this in Matthew 20, 20, 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness, and these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. What does the Lord require of his people? Micah gives us a threefold call to what the Lord requires of his people. And the first one is to do justice. I, I believe that the, the Bible speaks of justice in two manners. One is that uh, we would maintain what is right. And the second is to set things Right, And so we'll dive a little bit into those. Uh, But Ronald Youngblood says this about justice. Doing justice is to, one, maintain what is right, and number two, to set things right. Justice is done when honorable relations are maintained between husbands and wives, parents and children, employers and employees, governments and citizens, and human beings and God. Justice refers to to neighborliness. I love that line. Justice refers to neighborliness. In uh, the context of Micah and, and throughout the, the Word of God, in the, in the, specifically the Old Testament, this word justice uh, in the Hebrew is a word mishpat. And it is translated making uh, right decisions according to God's commandments and laws. So, God sets the standard for what he requires, and to do justice is to make right decisions in relation to those standards, to walk in the ways of God, essentially, to be neighborly, um, to live according to God's laws. I love what um, uh, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-five to 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? We've heard this a thousand times in church. 
And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first, uh, the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. I, I think because of the nature of justice in our society, uh, an incredibly polarizing topic. What is justice? Walk in justice. We hear the news, the social media. Um, there's just always this cry for justice. And I love what, um, or yeah, we, we've, we have issues uh, like the environment. We have issues like equality, abortion, racism, inclusion. We have wars. We have government overreach. There's all these things that are justice issues. And the world is screaming for justice. It's an incredibly polarizing uh, topic. And often when, I, I have to admit, often when I hear the word justice being brought up or talked about, I roll my eyes back in my head and think, okay, what woke ideologies do I have to bow down to now in order to not be cancelled? Or what, uh, what do I have to post on social media, and if I don't, my silence is actually speaking for me? I'm sure there's many other, many of you like me who think this way. However, at the same time, justice or, or injustice, uh, everyone in this room and in society, has been touched by injustice in their life. No one has, been, no one has gone free from this uh, injustice in our world. Many people talk about their rights being taken from them. Um, I don't want to be stepping on any toes here, but there's, there's issues like, we're using too much oil, and so the environment, you're putting the future generations in, into jeopardy because of, of how we're treating our environment, how we're treating our world. Um, I don't have the same opportunities as these people. This is injustice. Or there's issues of, I'm treated differently because of my skin color, or I'm treated differently because of my age, or the composition of my body. Millions of people die every single day because there's no food for them to eat. Many don't have access to clean water. This is... Uh, this is incredibly mind-blowing, but there's places in Canada in 2023 that don't have fresh water for people to drink. Like, how does that even happen? There's a refugee crisis upon refugee crisis upon refugee crisis. It's never ending. Uh, men and women use each other in, in uh, the realms of sex trafficking. And these are all incredibly big, huge, important justice issues. And we could go on and on and on and on. And the first call of God in Micah is to do justice. Do justice. And, and while all these issues that I've brought up that are, are plaguing our society are important, they often, feel, they often leave us feeling 
hopeless. They leave us fearful. And I love how Jesus talks about justice initially. He talks about, uh, in Matthew 7, 12, he talks about the golden rule. This is, this is the, the core of what justice is, the golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. And the reason why this is justice is because God has set up a way to live. He's he set up commands and laws and how we are to live. And to walk in those ways is justice. It is just. It is right. And Jesus says, you want to walk in justice? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Too many people are focused on alleviating justice, or sorry, alleviating injustice while neglecting to live just lives. We're on social media, we're yelling and screaming about alleviating injustice, but we, in our day-to-day lives, we aren't alleviate. we're not living just lives. We're not living the way the Lord has asked us to live. We're not I love what Ronald Youngblood says, we're not being neighborly. I recently watched a, a documentary called Pharma Bro. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Fascinating. And it's about a man named Martin Shkreli. I probably pronounced that wrong. Uh, but he, he bought the rights to an anti-parasitic drug. And when he bought this drug, an individual pill was worth $13.50. And overnight, because he owned the rights to this uh, pill, overnight he raised the price to $750 per pill. I kid you not, this is not, uh, I'm not making this story up, this is real life. You can Google it, you can watch this documentary. $750 per pill. And I Googled it this week. This pill currently sells for $790 a pill. And so if you had a 30-day, or I actually don't know how many you take a day of this pill, but if you had 30 of these pills, which would be a a prescription, a bottle of prescription, it would cost you $23,000 for 30 pills. And even though he technically did nothing wrong, there's no law against what he did. Legally, he was uh, perfectly just in doing what he did. But I can't help but think that it breaks the heart of God. This pill is used to treat cancer patients. It was used to um, treat those with malaria and HIV. And I can't help but think, like I said, that it, even though he did nothing wrong, there's an, in, in, my, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is incredibly unjust. And it would break the heart of God. And, and Jesus says, treat others how you would want to be treated. As we go throughout this justice series, I would highly recommend reading Matthew 5 through 7. And Jesus talks over and over and over, how we can live just lives.
when we, when we only see justice as seeking to alleviate the injustice of those around us, we miss out on taking responsibility for our own actions of justice. Justice starts with our actions in our relationships in every area of our life. Like Ronald Youngblood says, justice is neighborliness. Being neighborly. So that's the first aspect of justice that I want to touch on this morning. The second is just that, to alleviate justice. The the thing that when everyone thinks about justice, this is exactly what it is. It's uh, taking the things that are wrong and making them right. It's uh, taking the injustices of the world and bringing correction to them. If there was ever a time in the history of mankind where the church could rise up and reveal the heart of God for a broken and lost world, the time is now. To alleviate the injustice that is going on in our world. Justice flows from the heart of God. The psalmist states in Psalm 89, 14, righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. The foundation, the very core of who God is, is justice. M. Birch, uh, in the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, he says, the Christian concept of justice is founded upon the character and will of God as revealed in Scripture. Justice obtains its meaning from the revealed character and actions of God. If you want to know the origins of justice, if you want to know what is just, read the Scripture Justice is not a recent uh, fad created by social justice warriors. It's actually, it has actually originated in the heart of God. It's a part of the character and nature of God. And I believe as a New Testament people of God, we are called to release the kingdom of heaven on earth. As it is in heaven, justice justice must be at the forefront of our hearts, our minds, and actions. We are, re- we are called to release heaven on earth, release justice on earth. Take the things that are wrong and hurtful and sinful and hateful, and we are called to make them right. Listen to the prophet Isaiah's words about Jesus releasing justice on the earth. Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. Behold my servant in whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. He's not out there screaming that we need justice. He's bringing justice. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will not faithfully bring, he will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice on the earth, and the coastlands wait for his 
law. Jesus is the hope of nations, the hope for true justice to be released on earth. The world is impressed by wrong strategies, by remedies, by power and money. How does the world bring justice to the earth? We throw millions of dollars behind broken strategies. Jesus is the the hope for a truly just world. And it's why we as Cochrane Alliance exist to connect people to Jesus. We want to see heaven invade earth. We want to see justice here and now. And so we want to connect people to Jesus. What do we as Cochrane Alliance envision for a future this is, what we, this is what we have said in official documents. We have it on our, on our uh, website. This is what we envision. A thriving town shaped by thousands of people experiencing the transforming love of God. The world wants justice. And we have the answers through Christ to bring justice on earth, to to walk in the ways of God, to make the wrong things that are, uh, to make wrong things right. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Church, are we hungry? Are we thirsty for righteousness? Are we thirsty for the wrong things in this world to be made right? In a world so fixated on justice and social justice and pointing out other people's wrongs and cancel culture and, I mean, we're talking YouTube page. Just this last week I saw a YouTube page and all it is is this girl just screaming about things that are wrong in the world. People want, people know, people understand that things are broken. We desperately need to understand God's heart for justice, God's design for justice. He is the founder of justice. M. Birch says, justice knows no boundaries. It invades the private lives of Christians to inquire about whether we are making money with justice and spending it with compassion. It questions whether the concerns of the poor and disenfranchised are our own concerns and whether we are applying ourselves where we can make a difference. And are we applying ourselves where we can make a difference? As I was preparing this week, I felt like the Lord was just saying, forget all the noise. What What is the Lord asking you to do? Where can you apply yourself? Maybe you're not called to to, to fight uh, X. You're not called to fight Y over here. But God has called you to Cochrane to fight for something to alleviate some sort of injustice, to walk in the ways of God. Where can we apply ourselves to make a difference? 
There's a book uh, that I would actually highly recommend. It's called Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Truth. And uh, Thaddeus Williams is the author. And he, in it, he says, Seek justice is a clarion call in Scripture, and those who plug their ears to that call are simply not living by the book. Going back to Micah 6, 6, where we began, uh, the question goes out to God. With what shall I come before the Lord? How, how can I bow myself to you that would honor you? How can I uh, honor you, make you happy? Should I bring burnt offerings? Should I bring calves that are a year old? Should I bring a thousand rams? Should I bring 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn, transgression, uh, firstborn son for my transgressions? And God responds, your sacrifice without obedience is worthless. You don't care about justice. You don't care walking in the ways uh, that I have commanded you. You don't care about alleviating injustice. You, you, um, you uh, lord your power over the powerless. You don't care for the orphan and the widow. Everything you do before me is worthless. Forget your rivers of oil. Forget your burnt offerings. Forget your rams. What God desires is that from our worship, according to Amos 5.24, justice would roll down like rivers and righteousness like a mighty stream. Are you walking in the ways of God? John Oswald says, justice is much more than legal equity or fairness. It refers to the entire scope of God's government in this world. Thus, to do justice on the part of the government a fair and just use of power and proper functioning of a fair judicial system, especially to protect the weak from the strong. On the part of individuals, justice involves honest and fair business dealings and faithfulness that you would keep your word to one another, as well as not taking advantage of the poor or those with less power or protection. Justice is... Supporting a single parent struggling to find adequate time and resources. Justice is adoption or becoming a foster parent. And we have some incredible stories in our midst. Uh, Becky, and, Becky and I have some uh, people who are very dear to us. And um, they have taken a little boy into their home. And the mother of this little boy is for, for various reasons, is unable to care for this child. But for, another, uh, but for another multiple reasons, there's no possibility of adoption or foster care. And so they have completely taken this boy in. They feed him three meals a day. They homeschool him. They take him to hip-hop classes 
They teach him piano lessons. They have literally taken this child in like he is their own. Without any government funding, without any help financially from anyone else, they've completely taken it upon themselves and said, this is unjust and we are going to make it right. And it's an incredible testimony to releasing the kingdom of God on earth. This is justice. Justice is giving your time and resources to those in need. Justice is employing someone who's on the fringe or marginalized. David Kuhl says, not only is justice uh, alleviating someone's um, immediate um, hurts or pains, but it's also a developmental um, it's uh, community development, if you will, if you could put it kind of in that category. It's, it's uh, allowing someone to become sustainable. Why are, we, why are we to do justice? Because justice flows from the heart of God. Reason number one, why justice? Because justice flows from the heart of God. <clears throat> Walking in justice reveals our Father in heaven and establishes his kingdom on earth. God is the God of justice and we are his children. The second call in uh, our passage of scripture in Micah is to love mercy or love kindness. And... uh, we're not supposed to be we're not supposed to begrudgingly show mercy but we're actually supposed to love mercy love to show mercy hollywood isn't actually making uh, many movies about mercy they're not making much money off of stories of forgiveness there's a few here and there but primarily they're making their money off of stories of revenge I mean, how many movies do we have to watch of Liam Neeson getting revenge? <laughs> Am I right? There's probably like 25 movies of someone's come against Liam Neeson and his family and he's going to go and get his revenge on them. But we are called to show mercy and not just show mercy, but we are called to love mercy, love extending forgiveness. So often we want mercy for ourselves and we want justice for everyone else. We want punishment for everyone else. We want everyone else to have the consequences of their actions, but we want mercy. Mercy means to withhold punishment, to, to extend forgiveness to those who are deserving of consequences. To have compassion towards someone. In the Bible, God's mercy is related to his kindness and his compassion. And and we are supposed to delight in showing kindness to those around us, to, to show mercy to those around us. We begin to 
We begin to do justice and love mercy when we walk humbly with our God. And that's the third call of God, is to walk humbly with Him. Do justice, love mercy, flow from walking humbly with our God. What is humility? Humility is thinking of ourselves in a correct manner. Don't think of yourself too highly, but also don't think that you're the scum of the earth. Have a right view of who you are. We understand when we walk in humility, we understand that the only way we can do justice, the only way we can love mercy, the only way that we can love others is because we have first uh, because God has first loved us. He has extended mercy upon us. He took the punishment of sin upon us, and, and therefore we can walk in this light. Uh, apart from Him, we have nothing. Romans 11.36 says, From Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We walk in humility by understanding that He is our Lord. He is our King. He has shown us mercy because uh, of the great love that He has lavished upon us. According to Ephesians chapter 2, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, but because God, being rich in mercy, loved us and saved us by His grace. Though we deserve nothing, He gave us everything. He's calling us to walk in obedience, to do justice, and to love mercy. God has not left us in the dark on our job description he has made it abundantly clear that we are to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Would you stand with me? Jesus, we set our gaze upon you this morning, and we submit ourselves to the call that you have given us to do justice, to be neighborly with one another, to love one another, to walk in the ways that you have commanded us. We also submit ourselves to the call that we are to alleviate the injustices, the unjust in this world, the things that are wrong. You have called us to make right, that we would uh, release the kingdom of heaven on earth. God, would you, would you empower us to do that? And would you also empower us to love showing mercy? That, that we wouldn't just begrudgingly show mercy to those around us. Fine, I'll forgive you. Fine, if I have to, I'll do it but that we would love to extend mercy because you, our Father in heaven, love to extend mercy. You delight in showing mercy. It's who you are. And God, would you allow us to walk humbly before you.
would you remind us that it is only by your mercy and grace that we can even have life and life to the fullest, that we can only do these things because you have first loved us. Jesus, we set our focus upon you. We set our gaze upon you this morning. And we just declare that you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of us giving our lives to you. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue to worship.